Hello and welcome to the show, Wacky Teacherpreneurs. We're so happy to have you back here. Today, we're going to be talking all about Facebook. I know a lot of people have given up Facebook. They're like, I'm done. But I read somewhere that there's still like a billion Facebook users out there. So I always think about the population of the world. I'm like, wow, one out of every seven people actively uses Facebook. (laughs) Might have been two billion last time I looked. Everybody is on Facebook. I think it's a good one to bring up and talk about. So on today's episode, Amanda is going to talk about Facebook ads and her experience with them. And then we're going to go over Facebook groups. And I have a lot of experience running Facebook groups and doing fun things with them. So we thought we'd talk about our two little areas of expertise in the Facebook world. Welcome to the Wacky Teacherpreneurs Podcast. Your hosts, Jess and Amanda, have been friends and teacherpreneurs for years. Along with their successes, they've had lots of failures, foibles, and fumbles. And now, they're here to share it all with you. Stay tuned for some funny times and awesome business insights. Let's go behind the scenes of their teacher businesses now. Raw. Unfiltered. Real. Let's get started. So, Amanda... How are you? I'm good. I just looked up how many Facebook users there are. And according to datareportal.com, there are 2.9 billion Facebook users. 2.9 billion. Almost 3 billion people are on Facebook. There's (laughs) only 7 billion people on the planet. So that's why Facebook blows my mind a little bit. I think it's one of those things, even if you hate Facebook, you can't deny that it's this part of most people's lives. (laughs) So that's really interesting. I can't believe I missed code instead of I was 2 billion off. Add an extra two billion people. <laughs> so, Amanda, what, like, can you tell us your journey with Facebook ads? Because I know it's something that you used to run your business. So, how did it all start? Like, when did you start doing? Because I know when we first met, you weren't doing Facebook ads. You would have been talking about it. <laughs> you never mentioned Facebook ads, but now I know it's something you use because I've actually seen yours pop up before. Oh, really? Okay. So I started using Facebook ads, I don't know, three or four years ago. And the reason was because I was sick of social media. And that's funny because Facebook is social media. But what I mean is I was sick of like trying to get, you know, clicks and likes and buys, even though I really should have been posting more products and things on like Instagram, for example, and I didn't. Um, And I know that that was a problem. I know that now, right, that I should be posting more about products, specifically products on my Instagram. But like three, three years ago, I was just really frustrated because I felt like I was so reliant on like these social media, free social media channels, like Facebook groups, Instagram, you know, um, and YouTube and things like that. And I just didn't feel like I was 
having success. And so, and I hired a coach. It was like three years ago, a business coach. Was it three years ago? It might've been four years ago. I don't remember. And uh, this was pre-COVID basically. And she recommended to get um, new eyes on my products and services that Facebook ads could be a route to do that, right? Um, Oh, Pinterest is another one I was getting frustrated with. Like, this isn't even helping me. Um, And so I was very, that sounded very intriguing to me that there could be teachers in the world that had no clue who I was and they could find me because of an ad that I was running. Just brand new people. Uh, get getting brand new people on my email list. And um, so I just, I don't know, that was really appealing. So I started, I just started messing around with it. And I, I, I think some people are just really intimidated by it because it is kind of technical and there's a lot of parts to creating an ad. And there's a lot of, it's, it's not easy. I'm not, I'm going to say it's pretty challenging. Uh, to figure out what the heck you're doing. And so what my business coach recommended is that I um, get some help because it is so technical. And so then uh, she recommended Amy Crane, uh, who runs the social lab, social marketing. What is it that she runs? Amy Crane, the social lab, I think is what it's called. Um, and we'll put this in the show notes. Yeah. Social lab marketing. And she actually has like a membership and it's a monthly membership. And I think it was like $50, um, a month. And so I just signed up for a month, watched all of her tutorials. And then I felt like, okay, I get this. I can do this. And, um, you know, it is really important to track like how it's doing it through Facebook, but also with your own um, website and your own Teachers Pay Teachers store and UTM codes and things like that. It's important to track your own numbers because sometimes Facebook's numbers aren't accurate, especially with the new like um, Apple iOS stuff where they don't like you have to opt in to let um Facebook track you, you know, like with the pixel, because that's how Facebook runs its ads. Um, they have like this little piece of code that um, that lives on different web pages, and you and it and it it's connected to Facebook. So, like if you're running Facebook ads, you have a pixel, and you place it different places, and then it will like generate numbers telling you like, oh, this person, not specifically what. Well, it can tell you specifically what person, but um, these people are clicking, this many people are clicking, this many people are viewing. I mean, there's so much data involved in Facebook and I don't want to go too deep in the woods or anything here. But um, so, yeah, and I have spent a lot of money on there, but I felt that it's worth it because I tracked my my numbers um, and my sales from my ads and, but you do, it's kind of that the kind of thing where you have to spend money to make money, but you can spend like just $5 a day. 
But you also, here's another tip, you Facebook takes a while um, for it to kind of uh, get its groove, if that makes sense. So like if you're going to run an ad, you want to keep it going if you're getting numbers and it's working um, for, I think, like three to five days. You don't want to just run an ad for a few hours and then turn it off because it won't it won't work and you will waste your money. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I don't know. I think it's fun and interesting. It's an, it's an interesting little thing to dabble in from time to time. Do you have questions? You're going to ask me some questions and I'm going to ask you questions about Facebook groups. Well, you answered a lot of my questions because I was thinking about pixel because when you go to the teachers pay teachers conference now, they talk about Pixel and sometimes they have experts with Pixels and I'm like, Pixels? I thought those were the little things that you found on your camera when you took pictures. <laughs> you know, like little little Pixels or like something to do with photography. And so I always thought that was kind of funny, the name, but I understand now that it's a tiny piece of code, like a little breadcrumb you're leaving around so you can, you can track your data. And yeah, I was just kind of wondering when you like, so, so far you feel like it has been profitable for you to do Facebook ads. Like, do you always make your money back on them? Like what happens if you don't, I mean, how do you, how do you manage that part of your business? Well, right now I'm not running any ads, but when I am running ads and you can actually see like. I don't know if this is possible anymore. I'm pretty sure it is. You can see like who's running ads. Like there's a button you can click. Like you could go and I could go spy on your Facebook business page, Jess, and see if you're running ads. And you can actually like, I save a lot of ads too, because I think, and some people, some like teacherpreneurs are constantly running ads and they keep their ads going for a long time because they've run the numbers and it's profitable for them. Right. And so they're constantly making money off of it. I mean, they're spending money, but they're making a profit. Right. Um, and so there is, you know, some math. So when I am running an ad, I'm constantly like, I check it, you know, daily to see how it's doing. And there's so much data that you can look at to see like, is this ad sucking or is this ad doing well? And if it's sucking, you know, I let it be for a few days because Facebook kind of learns as time goes on um, who they need to show the ad to, like who's the audience that's, or the people that are most likely going to click and get you whatever you're asking for. So you might be asking for traffic or awareness, like just someone viewing a page, or you might have a conversion ad where you're trying to get someone to give you their email or purchase something. And so um, you can see what your conversions are. And it's really easy to go and look like, you know, you could just Google like good conversion rates for Facebook ads or something like that. And there's so many blog posts out there about this. And so you can kind of see like, oh, my conversion rate is, you know, whatever, 8% and just compare that to like what's good and what's not good. Um, and if it's good, then you want to keep it running. And if it's not good, then you turn it off um, if, if, if you're doing poorly. 
So yeah, I've had ads do poorly before um, and I just turn it off. But then, you know, I only spent, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that like 50 bucks is that big of a deal um, to learn <laughs> uh, and to just kind of experiment, but maybe some other teacherpreneurs might not. But that's, I mean, that's part of being an entrepreneur is you have to spend money to make money. Like that is like one of the foundational ideas behind entrepreneurship, right? I don't know. So. So when you have taken down an ad because you feel like it kind of sucks, do you ever analyze the ad and ask yourself why, like what about the ad was not successful? Do you think it's sort of random or do you think it's something about like the design of the ad or maybe you didn't click the right button in the right box or the description or like what, what makes an ad unsuccessful? Like, like, what do you think it is? Like, can you figure that out? Or are you, is it just like randomly guessing like, oh, this ad did great and this one didn't. And there's no difference between the two. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. There are so many different layers to what, what you're asking. Um, oh, how do I answer it? So that's another really wonderful thing about Facebook ads is you can run like, so there's, there's campaigns. Okay. And then there's ad sets and then there's ads. And so a campaign, you can test like five different images, you know, so you can run an ad that has the same copy and it goes to the same link, but it's five different images or like two images, uh, a carousel and a video, right? And so you can, and actually it's really good to run ads just for traffic. Like don't do a conversion ad at first when you're testing. So you're testing, hmm, which one of these is going to get the most traffic. And so then after a few days, you see which ad wins because it got the most traffic. And then you turn all the other ones off and then you, you use just the one that was that one or whatever, quote unquote, and got the most traffic, the most clicks or whatever. And then you run a conversion ad to get the emails using that one, that one, and usually video and faces like putting faces um, do really well um, because people are drawn to, and you don't want it to be like kind of adsy, you know, you don't want it to look like an ad. You want it to look like just, actually, I saw one that was so smart. Um, Kristen Doyle, uh, she does her, she's about to run her, what is it called? Profit booster. Uh, and she had an ad and it, oh man, I saved it. And I, I thought it was brilliant. I was just like, what? I got to go find it and tell you what it was. Um, because she got me like immediately. Um, I got to go find it though. I can't find it right at this moment. Let me go find it. All right. I found it. So what it was, was it, it was an image and it was just, you know, in Facebook groups, when someone asks a question and they have a big picture with it, do you know what I'm saying? And it just yes. like pops. Um, and it, th this is only in groups. So you only see these in groups, but I was just scrolling through Facebook. I wasn't in any group and I saw this 
And it said, it was one of those big pictures, big, bold pictures. And it said, has anyone participated in Kristen Doyle's boot camp? If so, what did you think? And so it had this big thing. And I was like, huh, I wonder what this is. And then it had all these different testimonials. Yes, it's amazing. So much content for such a small price, like multiple people's responses on the bottom of it. And I was like, I got to see what this is. And so then I clicked it because it was so different. And I was like, wait, I'm not in a group. This is like something I would see in a group. This is just in my, and so I saved it. Cause I just thought, wow, that's a really interesting ad that caught my attention. Um, and I always save ads that catch my attention because I'll see ads all the time and I just scroll right past them and I'm not. Um, and then another thing you want to consider too, is your audience. So I like to, make lookalike audiences of people who visited my website. So I will download or I will create lookalike because Facebook can track your website. If you put a pixel on your website, it'll track visitors to your website. And so I always create a lookalike audience for my web. So a lookalike audience is an audience um, that has similar interests um, to the people, the emails that or the, sorry, the people who are visiting your website. I don't know how the heck all the behind the scenes of Facebook works and how they figure all this stuff out. I think it's kind of creepy, honestly. Um, but, but they can see like, oh, all these people are visiting amandarightnow.com. They're all English teachers and they're really interested in teachers pay teachers and um, we are teachers and edutopia. And so we're going to send all these people we're going to look for people who are like that. Not yes, necessarily people who visited my website, but people who look like that. And so I always create lookalike audiences. Also, I upload my email list. So you can upload a CVS file. Um, and then I can target my email list as well. People who are on my email list, I can promote my ads to them too, which is a really good idea if you're like, you know, doing a webinar and you're promoting a product after your webinar and you can have ads go to those people that attended your webinar. So they'll just be randomly on Facebook and they'll be like, what, who's this? She, I just saw her yesterday during this webinar and I'm, mm, she was talking about this product. Mm, let me think about it again. Cause they do say like, people don't buy from people until they've seen, like they've had like five interactions with you. You know what I mean? So anyways, let's talk about Facebook groups. All right. Do you want to ask me any questions about Facebook groups? Do you, do you, you have a Facebook group, I don't you? I have a Facebook group. I've had a Facebook group for a very long time and I suck at it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have like 2,500 people in there. I just posted like mainly what I post is like, if I have a new blog post, I'll like share it in there. Um, but I just get very little traction in that group. Um, and I get people joining all the time. Um, I don't know. Give me some tips. <laughs> well, I don't have a much bigger Facebook group. I I've had a couple of Facebook groups right now. I have one for teacher bloggers and my buddy Kelsey kind of gave it to me because she became this big big time politician gal. <laughs> she ran for the secretary or not the secretary, the treasurer of her state 
Like she is really into politics and she kind of, she gave up teaching to be more into it. And so I took over this Facebook group she had built. I think mine has between four and 5,000 members, but I, I have learned a lot about Facebook groups over the years by going to business conferences. And I've had a lot of different Facebook groups. I've had so many, I've never reached, they, they always say like, you know, your group is really, really popular. If you reach 10,000 new members within a year, you're like, oh, now you're on to something. I've never quite reached that amount of followers in a Facebook group, but I do know that I do know some tips. I know there's some new stuff out out there and I wanted to bring some of it up because I am a part of so many Facebook groups. I think I, just like teachers by teachers, sometimes I use, uh, I'm a more of a consumer than a producer. I think I'm also consuming Facebook groups all the time because you can really niche down in a Facebook group and find exactly what you're looking for. So I have this laser wood cutter and I didn't know how to use it. I didn't even know what to do with it. I had some ideas and I I go to Facebook and I search Glowforge groups and there's a hundred of them. There's probably even a thousand. So I start joining these Glowforge groups and I've, I've built my entire Glowforge business from the Facebook groups because they, people have problems, they have ideas, they troubleshoot things. So a lot of my tips sometimes I get from these other groups that I'm in. And I'm also in some new librarian groups. I joined one, there's probably 20,000 members and it's all about just bulletin boards that you can hang up in libraries. That's it. That's what an extreme niche you could have. And that's what's good about Facebook groups. I know like whatever your niche is, like just take your most popular product, make a Facebook group for it. There are people searching for that on Facebook, which is kind of an interesting way of looking about looking at things because I I don't know if teachers pay teacher sellers or teacherpreneurs look at Facebook groups in that way. I think they think of Facebook and they think, oh, it's drama. It's family members I don't like. It's politics. It's bad things that end up on the news, right? <laughs> and they don't they don't realize that it's it's kind of a niche paradise. Whatever you're into, whatever you sell, whatever you want to talk about, you can make a Facebook group for it and people will join. So there are some new things I've been seeing out there in the world of Facebook groups. The hottest new thing and the hottest tip uh, used to be that you had to tag individuals. Like if you, you are the admin of your Facebook group, right? And it used to be like, you could tag people that maybe you were having a conversation with, or you could actually tag every single person in your group. And I've seen this done with MLMs where they might have 200 people in their Facebook group and they tag all 200 people. Well, now you can just write, I think it's like the at sign and you, right? At sign you tags everyone in your Facebook group. Everyone gets a message from you saying that there's a new post and they've been tagged. So of course, everyone goes to your Facebook group because they're like, what? Amanda right now just tagged me in a post? And then they're like, oh, she tagged everyone. But I mean, if it's something really important that you want everyone to see and they're not norm- they are not they don't normally see it, that's actually really good for the Facebook group owner. But what I've been noticing is now I'm getting tagged 20 times day in Facebook groups. I'm like, oh, look, it was talking about me. Why would they be talking about me? And then it turns out they just used at you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I need to do that because I just posted a new blog post and I think I got one like 
I don't know if it's at you or at everyone. I might have to look up the specifics on that. I haven't tried it yet because I want it to be something really important that Mm -hmm. I want a lot of people to know about. I don't want to do it for the littlest thing. Like I used to buy LuLaRoe leggings a long time ago. Yeah, I I joined like probably a hundred LuLaRoe's. I was obsessed with certain patterns, right? Like I need to find my unicorn and I joined all these groups and I totally not interested in them anymore. I I pretty much got rid of all my leggings and they're just not for me. But now I keep getting tagged. Like you've been tagged in this LuLaRoe group. And I'm like, oh, why would that? And I always click on it. I'm such a dum-dum. I'm like, what? (laughs) And then I'm in the group again, right? And now they're selling all things. But like, I know the trick. I know what the trick is, but I keep clicking it. I'm like, somebody tagged me? (laughs) So I think that's sort of the, I mean, I think a lot of people are getting tricked. So I would just say, don't do it every day to your followers, but maybe once a week, like your most important post, um, maybe you have something that you're offering for free, something that would build your email list or, uh, or just maybe your most incredible product. You spent a whole month or two making it and you want everyone to see it. I mean, I think it's really smart. Even if you only have a couple hundred members, you're going to have all eyes on that thing, whatever you want. They're going to be getting a little notification that you want to talk to them. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then another like kind of cool thing I've been hearing about is just the like the importance of doing some live streaming, some live video, these things called watch parties, which sound like a lot of fun, right? You can announce them in advance and say, hey, we're going to have a watch party and I'm going to come on and talk about XYZ. It's going to be so much fun. And then I'm going to do a little giveaway and you could just do a little giveaway maybe of one of your products or gift card or whatever, you know, I I've seen TPT sellers do one of their products. It's to kind of get people hooked, you know, like one of those products that is just really amazing. And then you come to the watch party and then this person wins the product that you were just talking about. It's kind of a hot thing right now. Like people really like watch parties and they love live videos. You going live in a Facebook group, it'll pop up above any other post on Facebook. So like somebody in a group going live, Facebook thinks that's more important than like your grandma's birthday or like your best (laughs) friend's wedding, right? It'll be like, so-and-so is live in a Facebook group. And then like all your family members will be below that. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. It could be a way for people to leave your Facebook group, but if they're really into what you're doing and they're like, oh, I love writer's workshop, then they're going to be like, oh, something new about writer's workshop. I'm all in. So I think it's kind of, I think these features are kind of fun and exciting. And that's one cool thing about Facebook is there's just so many features in these groups. Like you were already talking about how when you type out a just an everyday post, you get like a special poster size paper to put it on and it sort of catches everyone's eye. Like, what's that? It's not just normal little teeny tiny words. It's like really big. Um, And just, I don't know, there's just a lot of really cool things. You can do an announcement that you pin to the top and, you know, these live parties and you can actually tell people like, hey, if you think this is really important, save it. You can save Facebook posts now like you would Pinterest and save them to different boards. And I actually have all these boards on my Facebook where I have like Glowforge ideas, library ideas. I have one that's called 
authors coming to Las Vegas. And it's just about like whenever I see like an author who's coming to Las Vegas and a lot of them do free talks at libraries and bookstores and I can get autographed books. I have a little board just for that. It's almost like the new, it's almost like the new Pinterest. Yeah, no, I have, like I told you, I have a folder that's just Facebook ads that catch my eye because you can model your own Facebook ads off of someone else's. Um, That's really brilliant. Yeah, there's so much like Facebook. There's just you could get a PhD in Facebook now because there's <laughs> so much. Seriously, there's so much you could learn about Facebook. You, I bet people do have PhDs about Facebook. I'm Doctor Facebook. I'm Doctor. I'm a Doctor of Facebook social media at your service. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know. I think it's really fun. I love all my Facebook groups. I've had so many, I've had so many. And what I like is that you can niche down and people will somehow find you. This is the most bizarre topics and they'll find it. I still have one. I have one about TPT sellers from Nevada. I still have people join that one. I have one like fifth grade teachers in Nevada, fifth grade teachers in general. And like people are actually typing like, I'm a fifth grade teacher in Nevada. Oh, cool. Click. Let me ask you a question. So these groups, right? You have all these groups and some of them just seem kind of dead, you know, like mine. It just feels like dead zone. And then there's other groups that it's just like someone's posting on there once a day. And it's not even the person who created the Facebook group. It's someone that's a member of the group and they're like posting questions and other people are answering them. I want a group like that. I mean, I know those groups can probably be kind of overwhelming. And it's so funny I'm saying this because I actually am admin of a group like that and I pay no attention to it. It's, this is crazy. So I started a Facebook group when 2020 hit and I was trying to connect with other families in my community who were also parents of elementary kids who wanted to do pods so I created this Facebook group and it's grown to like 5,000 members. And I was like, I can't handle this. Like, even when it was a thousand members, I was like, I can't handle this because people were posting too much. And I was like, I I can't moderate this. And so I asked people like, does anyone else want to be moderators? So there's like five other parents who are, are kind of moderators now. And I've stepped away and I don't even pay attention, but it's insane. Like someone's posting in there once a day or something. And I guess I was going to ask you, like, how do you create a, how do you create a group like that? But I guess the reason that that group just, it just exploded and so many people are interacting in it. And it's because everyone's interested in that topic. Like it was just like the right time or something, but how do you get a dead group alive again? Like, how do you get it to be alive? You have to frequently post. And I have that same problem with my, well, I, it's a good problem to have, right? I have that with my teacher blogger. It's like called teacher blogger, teacher seller network, right? Mm -hmm. And we have, oh, I would say probably about 17 posts a week from other people, Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is spam, right? So like you have to kind of encourage the kind of posts that you want. And I think you have to tell the group, right away you know you just tell them like and I know just by opening up questions I'll get more people wanting to post so I'll be like 
post your social media account below so we can all get connected to each other. People love posting their social media account. Post your blog or your website below so I can so we can all look at each other. So you got to make it feel like a friendship group. And if people are like, oh, it's a friendship group, they want to be in the group. They want to be in the loop. And then if they think if they feel safe enough to post personal information about themselves, then like their Instagram, their I mean, you know, back in the day, like Pinterest boards were big, but not really anymore. The TikTok channel, stuff like that. Then or post the post the fifth photo, the la- like five photos ago, post what you took five photos ago, whatever it is, or post a picture of you right now, no filter. Just like these things that humanize us and connect us. That's what people want. I mean, they desperately want friends that are same things they're into so you got to start making posts like that like really friendly open posts really encourage the kind of content you want and just remind people of your rules and that's why you can post an announcement at the top and have people agree to rules like so we have one that's like no self-promoting your own products like please don't just start posting your teachers pay teachers products in this group it's not really for that This group is for helping other sellers with things and helping people learn how to be better bloggers. Now, if people come across with a product that helps people be a better blogger or be better at social media or growing their business in some way, then yeah, I'll post it, right? Because it goes along with our group guidelines. But if it's like, you know, like if it's just shameless self-promotion of a random product that has nothing to do with the group, then I don't post those. And then people get to see like, oh, okay. So these five people posted on these topics. And what I like in my groups is like, ask us for help. What do you need help with right now? What are your goals? What do you want to do with your business the next year? What can we help you with? And then people will just start asking questions. And then I could post those questions. And a lot of times it's like, you know, why, why is nobody coming to my blog? Why can't I sell any products? I made 50 TPT store uh, products for my TPT store in the last year. And I make $20 a month. Why did I make those 50 products? Someone tell me what's wrong. And those are the kind of things you just want people to feel safe coming to you for help. And that's when they start taking off on their own and they kind of do the work for you. And then, of course, like you, like you found some admins for that one group, right? But I can see what you mean. Like you wanted to benefit your business. You'd rather that kind of action was happening with Amanda right now, writer workshop stuff. You'd love to have people doing that. So I think you have to just kind of create this warm environment where you're, you're welcoming new members when they come in and there's a little button. It just says, would you like to welcome new members this week? You just press yes. And it just makes a post for you. So like use what they have, use the tools that they have to like make people feel welcome and that they can, and just remind people like, Hey, if you have any questions about writer's workshop, please ask them because that's what we're here for to help each other. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I'm just overcomplicating it. And I think basically the gist is be consistent. Like even if it's not posting every day, like maybe three times a week or something, because those people in that group, they're in there because they want help um, with that topic. And so um And if they don't have time or the bandwidth, like they just ignore the post, right? It's not that big of a deal, but someone might benefit from something that I share or a question that I ask and then answer like kind of a Q and a type of post. 
Like, I like that, like having a question and then in the comments, like answering it yourself. <laughs> I feel like that's a good idea. I might try that. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot you could do with it. And it just, you have to kind of roll with the punches. Like there's always going to be trendy topics and you never know when your topic is going to become trendy. It could happen. I mean, look at all the people the last 10 years that have been poo-poo on phonics, right? Like, ooh, phonics, blue, blue, blue. And now they rename it the the science of the alphabet or whatever. <laughs> Scientific al alphabet <laughs> Science sounds. of reading. And, I just wrote yeah, that. That was my most- reading skills. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. And they're freaking out about it. The last 10 years, nobody's cared about phonics. And now it's like the hottest thing on the planet. And all these phonics Facebook groups are exploding because they changed their name to the science of reading. It's the same thing. It's the same thing, just learning letter sounds. And now it's hot, hot, hot. You never know, like one of these years, you know, writer's workshop is going to gain merit and well, it's going to again, right. right? Because it's been, it was hot. I would say it was hot like six, seven years ago. Don't you think? Like it was super hot. Well, yeah. Hot. And now it's like Lucy Calkins is in big trouble because she's, she's not in the poo -poo land. But in a couple it. of years, right back up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm actually, that was what, what my most recent blog post was about, the reading wars. I even created an infographic about the history of the reading wars. You did? Mm -hmm. Gosh, I really want to go to your blog now. I'm super excited. Well, that's the that's the one that I got one like on when I posted the link to the... <laughs> no, I think no one's seeing it. I think you need to give like, instead of doing a link, I would give like a poll like what side of the reading war do you land on? Ooh. And then you could link your blog posts in the comments and people, some people will be like, what's a reading war, right? <laughs> some people will be like, I'm on this side. I'm on that side, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of people would say they're not on a side because all the sides are arguing the same thing in a different way. It's kind of funny, honestly, because everyone, everyone knows phonics is important. Um, but I think Lucy Calkins units of study didn't really prioritize it the way they said, because hers, we're going way off topic, is balanced literacy. And balanced literacy, that sounds really great too. Like it's balanced, you know, there's engaging things and kids getting to read books they like and and phonics. But when you really look closely at her units of study, phonics is not really being done. Um, yeah, the way that it and should now be. everyone's like, oh no, so horrible. But I guarantee you in the next 10 years, it'll flip back the other way and I'll, everyone will be like, oh, guess what? That whole thing didn't work. It's because, it's because none of it really works usually. <laughs> See, That's I just, just my you opinion. Should read, you should read my blog post. Actually, I, I, have, wait. I have a podcast about it. You should just listen to the episode. What? Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot about your podcast. I'm super excited now. I just published a new one, but we should get, say goodbye to the people who listen. Yep. To Let's say goodbye. We've gone off on some, I can't believe it. What did I call it? The science of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if, if anything, hopefully we get at least one person that hated that so much that they're like, you know what? I'm going to be a professional hater of these two. <laughs> I'm going to tune in every single week just to see what Dumbo thinks she says next. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to say Thanks. bye to the lovers and the haters of the <laughs> Wacky Teacherpreneurs. Tell all. Bye, Wacky Teacherpreneurs. All right.
Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this extremely serious episode brought to you by some truly wacky teacherpreneurs. Visit our website, wackyteacherpreneurs.com to get more support growing your business. Please leave us a five-star review. And remember, if you share this podcast with 10 other people, you'll have good luck forever.